Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hany Balkis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world in the UAE and all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, today is the 1st of, the, of November, the 1st of the month, and we have exciting news coming right here out of Sharjah because today we're going to be talking about the Sharjah International Book Fair, and you won't believe the kind of stuff that they're bringing this year. And we're not just talking only about books. They've got workshops for literally everything from drawing with scented stones to even creating your own digital comics. So we are looking at a lot of tech happening at the Sharjah International Book Fair that we're going to be telling you guys all about. Yes, indeed. We're also going to be talking all about the UAE team actually securing first place in an e-creative IoT challenge. Who are the team members and what was the challenge all about? We're going to be briefing you about it all in just a bit. Yes, and also, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Facebook and Instagram and how they're going to be launching an ad-free subscription tier in the EU. Now, this is very funny because we do know that Instagram and Meta were kind of, you know, bashing uh, Elon Musk and X for giving out subscriptions. But now it looks <laughs> like they are following the same business model. And we're going to be talking about that in just a few as well. Yes, indeed. In the world of cars and car manufacturers, Kia is making headlines as they have just unveiled new electric cars that can basically turn into bedrooms. Now, if you were to ask me, I think this is the perfect car for you to be able to go on road trips in because basically if you get tired, all you have to do is shut down the car and turn it into a bedroom. <laughs> yes, and also we're talking about or we're going to tell you guys how, uh, you know, Google is announcing a new credential manager to make it easier to use passkeys and if you're not very tech savvy well that is where we come in because we're going to be telling you guys all about it so you do not want to miss out today 4215 let us know what you guys think but we are taking a very short break and when we come back we're talking all about this year's Sharjah International Book Fair daily digital news bits and bytes connect our world the month of November is always an exciting one if you are living right here in the Emirates of Sharjah or in the UAE as a whole because it marks the beginning of the Sharjah International Book Fair. We've got 12 days lined up for everyone filled with lots of books, lots of workshops and amazing sessions by some of the most well-known guest speakers from all around the world. Pulse 95 is definitely going to be with you all throughout these days as we've got all of our presenters basically. We're promising you over eight hours of coverage. Um, all of our presenters are going to be present, present there from weekdays to weekends giving you all the latest updates. But Let's talk a little bit about all the different sessions that are currently taking place. And also, a lot of them have a lot to do with innovation and technology as they want to bring together the world of reading, children, and basically educating them more about technology. Yes, we are looking at over 60 activities and workshops conducted by talented illustrators and even artists from various corners of the world and even some specializing in the realms of comics, manga, and even anime. Now, the primary objective of these events is to foster creative and artistic talents across all age groups among the fair's visitors, and we are looking at a big focus on especially the youth. Now, this year, the Sharjah International Book Fair workshops do promise an expansive lineup of activities encompassing of more than 15 diverse topics, each diving into various techniques, and these do include drawing with aromatic stones or scented stones, leather illustration, comic coloring, digital comments, 3D sketching, 
e-games, website design, along a lot more creative mediums. So again, we are not we are looking at how this is no longer the old-fashioned stuff. You don't just go over there, look at a couple of books, and leave. They're really going high-tech with these augmented reality comics. So imagine reading a comic and having a digital element or elements pop at you. It's like stepping into a whole new world. And again, we're looking at not just teaching the artsy stuff, they're also teaching skills that could really take you places. Game design, 3D graphics, website creation, just like I mentioned, and all the things that companies are looking for these days. It's like a crash course into the creative tech world. So this is great for the youth because, again, we are looking at how as we are growing up and as the world is getting older, we're also looking at how the industrial area or the industrial uh, realm is going into tech more and more. So not only are we looking at books and looking at, uh, you know, reading books and also uh, creating a better literature for the youth, but also gearing them up for the new tech industry. Yes, indeed. And just like you've mentioned, Hani, there is something for everyone. So for those who are interested in gaming, they've got the e-games workshop that's going to actually be taking place where they're going to be delivering the basics of designing simple and enjoyable video games using the well-known Scratch software. They've also got a lot of uh, workshops such as designing digital games where they're going to be dis basically discussing the fundamentals of game design so that you can go ahead and create an amazing game that is easy to play. They've also got the 3D drawing workshop that is actually going to be such a fun and educational blend to create simple 3D graphics using the Blender program. And so there is definitely something for everyone. Just like I've mentioned right here on Pulse95, we have got you covered as we've got shows all throughout the day live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Center in the Emirate of Sharjah. Just at a, we just had a coverage end actually and at around 4 p.m. with Aisha Mazni Aizan is actually going to be coming to you live from there and continuing we've got from 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, Anna Schofield with Ali and Naimi they're also going to be keeping you all educated and entertained with everything that is taking place over there so make sure you tune in then and we'll be taking a very short break but when we come back we still have got lots to share with you as we discuss the UAE team securing first place in the e-creative IoT challenge keep us on the five locked we'll be right back daily digital news Bits and bytes connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, very exciting news coming from the UAE team and how they have secured first place in the eCreative IoT Challenge. Now, the Global IT Challenge for Youth with Disabilities 2023, abbreviated as JITIC 2023, which is a unique event taking place in the Middle East and North Africa region for the first time did conclude with the UAE team winning the first prize for that challenge. Now, after two very intense and thrilling days at the competition at Ednik in the capital of the UAE, Abu Dhabi, the grand announcement and award ceremony did recognize winners in six challenge categories, which did celebrate 36 individuals, 12 teams, and five special winners. Now, the organizing committee of the challenge did recognize the teams and individuals for their exceptional achievements across various categories. Now, five special awards were presented, including the Global Technology Leader Award 2023, which was awarded to Mohamed Nazar Danish from Malaysia in recognition of his exceptional talent. 
Marianne Sharifa from Kenya and Ilyas Bob from Ethiopia were also honored with esteemed Super Challenger Awards. Participants from Malaysia also did win a total of 19 awards in various individual competition categories. Also, additionally, we did see contribution awards were given to the Philippines and the Malaysia team, acknowledging their outstanding contributions. So this was not only four eras, but like we said, Middle East and North Africa and even Asia as well. Absolutely. And the best part about it is it was actually recognizing all the different talents that people of determination actually possess. So they've got a lot of unique abilities and talents and goals that if they just have the platform to showcase them, they'll be able to excel at them. And so this competition was actually one of the biggest, uh, we could say proof, uh, one of the, or the biggest proof to be fair, where if you just give them the chance, they are able to go ahead and excel and show you what they've got. Uh, and so this competition in specific, it was actually providing the rights to equal opportunities, to equal privileges for everyone coming from all around the world to participate in this competition. They're all people of determination. And so there was a very, we could say, fair ground for the judges to be able to make their uh, points and give their points based on. Now, the first day of the contest actually brought together uh, different projects. One of them was actually the eCreative Smart Car, which assessed participants' self-driving car programming skills by using the Scratch program. They also had the e-content where all the participants, all the competitors were displaying their creativity by creating and editing videos on specific topic. On the second day, what we saw are four other intriguing challenges. We had the eTool PPT, which actually evaluated their presentation slide creation and editing skills. There was a, a competition that was helping them to assess their Excel skills. And so that was actually able to allow the judges to assess their proficiency in data functions, calculations, editing under specific con conditions. And last but not least, we had the eLife map and the eCreative IoT. The eLife map measured their ability to use the internet to address everyday life challenges, and the eCreative IoT assessed the ability to improve the lives of people with disability, or what we like to call them, people of determination, through IT or innovative ideas. And the best part about it all is they all honestly excelled in them. Yes, and it was all about using technology to make a positive impact, and boy, did they deliver. Now, this event truly did showcase, uh, you know, the incredible talent and potential of these young individuals, proving that with the right support and opportunities, anything is possible, regardless of the circumstances life gives them or even gives us. That is why they are deemed right here in the UAE people of determination. For 215, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you guys think. We are taking a very short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about Facebook and Instagram and how they're launching an ad-free subscription tier in the European Union. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse 95. It feels like we are hearing the same narrative once again. The same narrative that Elon Musk basically he told the story through X. And now Meta is implementing the same. Social media platforms have been trying to diversify their streams of income. And instead of heavily depending on advertisements, they are now moving on to depend on subscription fees. And kind of, we could say it's a symbiotic relationship because they're giving users the benefits of accessing features that regular users don't necessarily get. 
while at the same time they make more money and so Facebook and Instagram just announced that they are launching subscriptions in most of Europe that will remove advertisements from the platform so people using the platforms would be able to pay about we could say 9.99 euros um, per month for an ad-free experience and that's only going to be available in Europe without the UK. Yes, now that move does raise a question, and that big question is how will this impact the social media business model, not only for Meta, but for all types of social media coming in the coming years, and that what, what we have now, especially as we are looking at a very big rise uh, of subscription-based services across various industries. And we are looking at how this is a very, very bold step for Meta, as we are considering that they have very heavy reliance on their advertising revenue which uh, is accounting for around 98.5% of their sales just in the last quarter. But with this new subscription model, they seem to be shifting gears. And it'll be very interesting to see if users are willing to pay to skip ads or, or if this move might potentially drive some users away. Where Meta, we should be seeing that should be capitalizing on the market right now because we do know that a lot of advertisers do not want to advertise on X because of Elon Musk's views and how he is giving it a kind of, uh, let's say, an old town road. Anything goes on X as long as you don't attack Mr. Elon. But as we are seeing, the trend of subscription-based models is definitely on the rise. And we are going to be seeing how we will consume content and services, not just on social media, but across the board as well. And when we do look at how in July Meta did suffer a setback when it did unsuccessfully challenge a German data restriction order as the court did support the authority of the German antitrust watchdog to investigate privacy breaches as well. And we have been looking at how Meta has been taking big blows from the European Union. So I feel like this is a very big we can say clap back, but not to the EU, to the consumers, to the, to the users, because at the end of the day, they are paying the price. And, well, we can say also Facebook is paying the price because earlier this year, Meta was fined $414 million by Ireland's Data Privacy Commissioner. So, again, uh, I hate subscription-based <laughs> models. I do not like how they operate. You do think that the small increments don't make a big difference, but when you're paying 30, 20, 40, 50, 60 on various platforms, you're out 500 dirhams by the end of the month. For 215, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you guys think. We are taking a short break and jumping to the sports headlines, but when we come back, much more is coming at you. Check this out. Check this out. All 95. Ladies and gentlemen, Kia is unveiling new electric cars that can turn into bedrooms yes you heard that correct ladies and gentlemen if you think the rent prices are high well your car can now become your bedroom because kia did unveil a compact electric sport utility vehicle and two concept evs as it does build out a range of cheaper models to appeal to the budget conscious drivers now kia's ev5 which is pitched at millennial families made its debut at a so-called ev day just last week and for the chinese market the standard model will come with a 64 kilowatt hour battery offering 530 kilometers of range while the wrong long range models 88 kilowatt hour battery will get 720 kilometers per charge but the south korean models will have slightly smaller batteries and the driving range will be tailored to market demands so we are looking at a brand new way 
for us to ride. Yes, indeed. Now let's talk a little bit about what makes it super unique. Well, the Chinese version of this car will have a front bench seat and the rear seat will actually be uh, giving you the option to fold it flat and basically transform it into a bed. And so looking at it, this would be the perfect car for you to be able to go on a road trip. It's kind of like having an RV, but a lot more compact in size and at the same time offering you the comfort that you need. There's also going to be a four liter refrigerator and a warming unit for storing food and drinks. Now the cars will be made at factories in China and Korea and the production is going to be starting around the year 2025. He also displayed two concept cars, the EV3, which is a compact version of the flagship EV9, and the EV4, which is a four-door sedan that looks more like a sports car. The three models are actually all part of Kia's plan to introduce smaller EVs ranging in price from $35,000 to $50,000 to accelerate the widespread adoption of battery-powered cars. Top-end models will go up for $80,000 as well. Yes, and it does look very affordable. So let's take a closer look at what this means for the industry. So their decision or Kia's decision to introduce more affordable electric models is a huge, huge game changer, which taps into the market that's been seeking accessible options. And we're looking at how Kia has upped its luxury line. Kia is no longer, you know, uh, what some people deemed it to be just plastic and the impressive range and sleek design of the electric vehicles especially EV5 along with its tech-savvy uh, features does position itself as a serious player in the EV scene. When we talk about EV, we think Tesla, Lucid Motors, Mercedes. But now we're looking at how it is evident that Kia is aiming to make electric vehicles more appealing and practical for a broader audience. And this is also addressing the growing demand for sustainable transportation. But what sets Kia away or apart from its strategic approach to regional markets is establishing production facilities in different regions across the world and customizing their models accordingly. Just like we did mention, China and South Korea or Korea is getting a whole different, uh, you know, battery size model, etc. But we're looking at how they are uh, demonstrating a deep understanding of the diverse preferences for consumers worldwide. And this could be a huge advantage for Kia, which would enable them and have a strong pre uh, presence when it comes to affordable electric vehicles. And I'm not going to lie, I might, I might turn my eyes to electric vehicles if the starting prices weren't so expensive. When we look at Tesla expense-wise, uh, expense it's $160,000 starting price, and that is for the entry-level Model 3. It can go up to half a million dollars. Lucid is still in the beginning. Uh, Mercedes, you know, Mercedes is a luxury <laughs> brand. Uh, I don't got to go even more into detail with that. But when we look at $20,000, 20,000 times 3.67, we're looking at the market of 90, 80,000 dirhams, which for a brand new off the lot 2023 model, 2024 model, that is affordable. Yes, indeed. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 4215, would you consider getting a car just like that? Please let us know. We'll be taking a very short break. But when we come back, we're talking all about Google and the brand new way where they're making us allow or they're allowing us to sign into apps in no time. Keep it locked right here on Pulse95. Pulse95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse95.
We are talking all about Google and Google's credential manager that is basically on a mission to make signing into applications become a breeze. Now, for those of you who don't know, Google offers credential manager that will basically store your credentials, like your usernames, your passwords, and pass keys for all Android apps. And it basically houses a biometric identification system for all of these credentials under one roof. So you can basically sign into any app with your fingerprint or even your face scan. Third-party password managers can also integrate within Credential Manager to give you the option to use your favorite password manager other than just Google's password manager. Yes, and again, we are looking at how pass keys are the next big thing in online security. And Google's Credential Manager is here to make them even easier to use. Now, this does come just after last week or earlier this week where we saw a very big exploitation with iOS 17 and how Apple was forced to release 17.1 because there was a very big leak in the software and when it did come to Google Chrome and their password manager. Now we are looking at how this will be rolling out today for Android devices and it's like a one-stop shop for all your login needs. So storing your pass keys, passwords, and even federated identity logins and it can even authenticate you with biometrics, fingerprint, uh, facial ID, whatever that whatever goes goes. But with pass keys, you can forget about uh, you know passwords and two-factor authentication. Instead, you will need your fingerprint or face scan to log into your favorite apps and websites. But Google's Google's credential manager makes it even easier by automatically guiding you to the right login method, so you don't have to remember which apps use which authentication method. And earlier this month, we did look at how a Mountain View-based company made passkeys the default method for logging into personal Google accounts. I've yet to make a passkey just because I feel like it would be a little bit hard for PC users, for example, or people who don't have an Android device just yet. But credential managers do make it easier for apps to support passwordless logins, and this might be the new future. Passkeys are a win for both users and developers, seeing as the former gets a more secure and convenient login experience. 4215, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you guys think. But this does mark the end of Future Talk for today. But Omni and I will be seeing you guys tomorrow. But we are opening the airways for the only place to be at 3 with the man himself, Omar Duri, on the halftime show right here on Pulse 95. But also do remember, ladies and gentlemen, that the Sharjah International Book Fair is live from today. And it will be going on for 12 days. And we have shows jam-packed for you guys, whether it's The Morning Majlis or Aisha and Abdul Karim, giving you guys everything related to what is happening at the International Book Fair and interviewing world-renowned authors. But Omni and I will see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place, only here on Pulse. 95.